I don't just do something to be doing it, mm -hmm. right? I, I want to do something that makes a difference in somebody's life. And then it comes from, no matter where you are, where you're from, loving people, yeah. right? If you, if you love people and say you love people, then it'll show you want to do something with people. When you see hurting people, yeah. you don't want to see them hurting. Something in you says, what can I do about that? You don't just pass people by and don't see them. Welcome to the Hope in Real Life podcast with Jason Gore. Our team is passionate and committed to bringing you more hope in the everyday, real areas of your life. If this conversation and content is valuable for you, please do us a favor. Like, subscribe, and even share. You never know how valuable it could be to share a little bit of hope with someone else. Let's get the conversation started. All right, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Hope in Real Life podcast. Wherever you're listening or watching, we thank you for tuning in. Uh, to my left, you guys know Jason Gore. Why? Because this is his podcast, okay? Uh, but to my right, we have a special guest. He is a friend of ours, a very good friend of ours. We love this man dearly. Uh, he's the pastor of Ship of Zion, located in Southeast Raleigh, uh, but also he runs Ship Outreach and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, this dude, he got gyms, he got grocery stores. He's doing a lot of stuff for his community. He is the Pastor Chris Jones. The Pastor Chris Jones. Get the D in front of it. Get the D in front of it. I don't know about all of that. I don't know about all of that. Hey, man, welcome, brother. Thank you. Welcome, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, so we just want to talk a little bit today about impacting your community. Obviously, you guys have heard a lot of Jason's story um, in terms of how he impacts his community that he lives in in Garner. Uh, but Pastor Chris is doing a lot of work in Southeast Raleigh as well. And we just thought it would be great to just have a dialogue about what it looks like to impact your community in different contexts, different demographics, all of that stuff. And so uh, I want to start here. This is a fill in the blank question. Pastor Chris is like, I ain't did fill in the blank since I've been in school. <laughs> so I got fill in the blank for you, okay? Let's do our best to fill it in. Okay, here's, here's the fill in the blank. Here we go, here we go, here we go. I want you to fill in the blank. We're going to start with you, Pastor Chris, then we'll come to you, Jason. My community was blank, so I decided to do blank, and blank has been the result. How uh, would you fill that in? Well, first of all, let me say this. Nothing, I, I couldn't do anything without this guy. So I, oh, I, I, I got to do that, first of all, right? Doing this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I just thank well, you for, for your support and all the things that you've done to help us. And it's about you know doing, doing this stuff together, right? Um, but my community was actually desolate, right? I, mm. I, I would like to use that term. Mm. Um, it was missing a lot of things. And so, and that's why we try to fill in gaps, yeah. right? And so yeah. we went into a, a zip code area that we targeted, 27601. Um, we targeted that area and we did um, asset, uh, asset mapping to see what assets were there that we could use. Mm. But then we also went in to find out, find out what wasn't there that the people needed, right? And so we started filling those gaps. There was a food disparity. There was a clothes disparity. There was an education disparity and so we start building programs around to meet the needs um, um, of those people and, and we did that we did that and we built those around them um, now you, you want to know uh, the outcome that the neighborhood is, is beginning to be uh, gentrified which I, I have something about gentrification I, I do gentrification with justice um, and so it begin to be gentrified uh, but now the neighborhood um, even before gentrification came we help to change some of those people to bring them into the body of Christ right uh, that they might have new lives and, and I can say that um, we were somewhat successful um, because when we went there our church only had about 50 members now mm -hmm. on our active roster we're over 600 right and so that was the outcome that's good right? that's good Jason my community was blank so I decided to do blank 
and blank has been the result. Yeah, so I'm going to answer you. Okay. But, but I, f I first want to address, you know, Chris kind of gives an answer, and, and Chris is a, is a guy, Chris is a man who just doesn't stop. Okay. He doesn't. But, but the way that he's seen his impact is through b building his organizations, through building ship designs, mm -hmm. through ship outreach. And because we want this podcast to be about, like, how do we bring hope in real life? Like, somebody's next step might not be to start an organization. Right. It might be. And if it is, go get it, right? Yeah. Maybe you can get partnered up with other organizations and we can go further, faster, together. But I'm going to kind of, I'm not going to talk about my leadership at the church here. Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to make this on a personal basis. Mm -hmm. right? So I'm just going to talk about my individual mm -hmm. life in Garner. So I would say, just as a person, that anybody can look around and see, I saw that in my community, it was void of male leadership mm. and so um, mm. so what I decided to do sure. was to jump in and start coaching yep. youth sports about a decade ago yep. pr primarily the organization I chose was Pop Warner football and I said mm -hmm. okay there's a need here there's also an area of passion that I have a little bit of experience and so I see this need in my community so I'm going to jump in and be a coach that's good and what I've seen as a result over the last 10 years legitimately is families growing closer together. Mm -hmm. I think we've seen our community strengthen. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen young men because, I, and I know I can't do it by myself, and so what I try to pull in other men mm -hmm. that can come alongside mm -hmm. of me and coach. And what I've seen is young men have more positive male role models in their life mm -hmm. that, I mean, just being honest, I mean, some of these guys don't have dads in their right. life. That's right. right. And so right. you get some positive right. men in their life that will pull them in the right direction, and now we're a decade into this thing, mm -hmm. and you can, you just know, man, Life's trajectories are changing. Mm -hmm. And so now some of these young men are in middle school. Some of these young men are now in high mm -hmm. school. And so I, I believe we're seeing generations change by mm -hmm. the investment that we're making in the Absolutely. relationships that we started. Your childhood. We talked about this a little bit in earlier episodes, I believe episode one and two. But if we had, so for the new listeners who maybe just jumped in this yeah. episode, <clears throat> from your childhood, how influential were coaches for you? Yeah. And how did that kind of lead to you doing some of this work now? Yeah. And Pastor Chris, I'm going to ask you the same question. Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say <laughs> I, I really believe that I am the man that I am today, for better yeah. or for worse, <laughs> at large, because of the coaches that I had yeah. in my life. Now, I know my, my dad would say that he prayed that I would be surrounded by people that would invest me, invest in me mm. in the right way. You know, but I mean, my parents were divorced, and while my stepdad did a phenomenal job providing for us and for and raising me and my dad did the best he could we could as a young man you still have questions right like okay my parents aren't together mm -hmm. i don't have a consistent mm -hmm. but man the coaches i had and i'll just say them by name you know uh, jerry winterton mm. bill divine mm. jay Dejeet, mm. uh, coach boyette i mean mm. uh, coach lynn Dinning. i mean these are men that were models of consistency yeah. in my life for yeah. four five six years yeah. even beyond high school that said, hey, no, this is the value system that we live our lives by as men, not just on the field, not just on the mat. And it stuck with me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Pastor Chris, building well, organizations, mm -hmm. like wh what from your childhood do you think led to you doing this kind of work? Well, when we talk about the father, my father died when I was six years old. I yeah. saw my father in, in Brooklyn, New York, and watched him um, when he died. Um, so my mom never brought another man in the house. So mm. I never had a, a male role model. So it was later in life that men really started influencing in my life. Um, because where I came from, you know, even the role models in our neighborhood um, wasn't very good. Um, but there was this one coach in my life um, that kind of, you know, believed in me. Yeah. Um, and his name was Melvin Jones, and he's since passed away. Um, Melvin came to me one day. He saw me at the park playing. He said, 
you will be my point guard, mm. you know. And I said, man, I want to do that because I was, uh, can I be honest, I was doing hood stuff. I didn't, yeah. I want to play ball at the park and I want to do that. But he said, you will be my point guard. Um, and he pulled me on his team. He would pick me up because like I said I didn't have a father. Mom worked all the time. Um, and he took me to every practice, made sure I was at every game. Mm. No matter what condition I was in, he made sure I was there, right? And so uh, he spoke into my life, man, and, and it gave me some direction because, you know, not having that, that role model, that father figure in my life, you know, I never had nobody to look to, never had nobody to pat me on my back and say, hey, you're doing good, keep doing this, keep going and doing this. But uh, Melvin Jones was my guy. And he brought that difference in my life, and that's why I do what I do now. You know, I want to help other people. I want to be a Melvin Jones in some other kids' life. Mm -hmm. That's good. For the people that are just hearing about Ship Outreach, Ship Design, talk a little bit about all the stuff that's under that Ship umbrella. Oh man, that's you said. You said that could be a whole podcast. You said that could be a whole podcast itself. Right there, yeah. I'm gonna try to do it quickly, right? And so, like I said, we fill gaps. So when we find gaps in people's lives. That we try to fill them, and so we were in that two seven six one zero zip code area that we targeted. And I say, well, I, I believe we we're successful there, but now we've moved to a bigger place, right, um, where we're trying to do a work in all of South Raleigh. And so we're in a center at twenty six thirty five South Saunders Street, where we have um, our Galley Grocery Store, yep. uh, where we help people um, that don't have food or may have food stamps and need a food stamp to stretch further. We have that there. If you don't have food stamps, we got vouchers you can come in and shop for that. We have Treasures. It's a women's clothing store to bring. Mm -hmm. dignity to women and why we're we doing women clothing stores because we have an organization that we call um, our trafficking initiative yeah. which we're actually going to call our hope center uh, when we get that center up and running um, that's a good name <laughs> yeah, and so we, we it's actually in our um, website now. And so we're, um, you know, helping uh, rescue women or filling that gap until they understand they need to be rescued, um, work with them and getting them to the proper um, organization that they need to to get the help that they need. Um, we also have what we call Shipyard, right? I know mm -hmm. you know there's Jason oh, yeah. Arms over there. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> Yeah, we, so we you don't need to come down here and tell him all about stuff. Right? <laughs> and so we have Jason can come down there and train some people. No, he'll oh, tell my ways and big arms. <laughs> and they're still. And so we have Shipyard, and Shipyard actually, um, we got um, young kids that come on every other Wednesday night that we work with. But um, we also have some guys that come through that just need that time to come down and, and sit down um, and, and work out by themselves, or I'm able to speak into their lives. And some people ask me, why don't they just go to Planet Fit? Well, these, these guys I work out with, uh, they can't go to Planet Fit, mm -hmm. you know, that, with, the, with the stuff that they come with, right? And so we had to build that place that people can, they can, they can, you know, just wind down. They can wind mm -hmm. down. Uh, we also have um, our uh, what we call bread of life. Uh, we take care of families in the city. We right now we're taking care of more than three thousand families in our city. Um, I was told by my director there that now we're moving more than forty thousand loaves of bread. Um, a month in that place, right? Uh, we partner with um, all kind of organization. One organization that stand up to me right now is what we call the Bread of Life. They're also called the Bread mm. of Life, and they're doing sandwiches downtown. Yeah. They do three thousand sandwiches a week. And my guy told me, he said, guess what? We give them all the bread and meat to do that. I said, you gotta be kidding me, right? And so those kind of things that we're doing, um, well, what am I leaving out? We also just uh, put our first hydroponic garden um, in the bottom of my facility, and we're gonna build a lot more of those. So we're gonna actually have organic vegetables that we're pushing out in our community, man. And so we, our new thing we just put on is YM4C, Young Men for Christ. Um, we just brought them aboard and, and they're working in our community in the um, schools and high schools, uh, working with young people. And they work with the, the kids that are uh, gang impacted and, and kids that are underprivileged. And he trying to reach those guys in there. Uh, his name is Troy Johnson that's out there working and doing that work for us also. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many things that we're doing. Yes, sir. That's good. You, you, know, you know why it's so important? Just to pause for a minute and, mm -hmm. and hear all that and why I'm so glad that, that Chris can share all that. 
Because in this world right now, yeah. you turn on the news, that's not the stuff you're hearing. Right. right. You're hearing about all the stuff that's right. going wrong. And right. there, are, there are men and women and students that are out in the world that are making a difference, mm. and we just don't hear about it that's enough. Good. And That's you know, good. and you just you made that outrageous claim at the beginning. You, you said oh, we can't do anything without that guy, which is ridiculous. Because you were doing this stuff long before you oh, and yeah, I knew yeah, each yeah, other, yeah, before yeah, our yeah. relationship was up. Now we see the impact that you can make, and we do believe that we can impact more, yes, and sir. we can go further, faster, and that we're better together. That's right. And so that's why we're partnered together. But man, it's just good to know that there's people that are Absolutely. out there that yes, are making that kind of difference. Absolutely. And so for a podcast like Hope in Real Life, as a listener. I hope someone can hear that and know, like, okay, yeah. someone is yeah. making a difference. People can make a difference. Yeah. I, I can think, make a difference. That's right. And I yeah. think I maybe said this in, in, in the first episode, but I don't know that anyone's really going to find hope in real life right. or per- without a purpose in their real life. That's right. good. That's good. And this should be like a that's reminder good. to people that you can make a difference. Jason, that's good. You can make an impact. That's good. Both of you doing work in different ways, different communities that have changed a bit, mm. yeah. right? Um, how has that impacted the work that you guys are doing? Yeah. I, I think for for me, and again, I'm gonna just take it back for, to me as an individual, yep. you know? Yep. I think, yep. Yep. because if you're looking to like say, okay, how do I make a difference? You know, how do I live a life uh, of purpose? Then you've, you've got to do a few things. I mean, you have to be, you got to take a step back and say, okay, what are the needs around me? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, to mm-hmm. step in, like you, you said, the first thing that you did was you said, let's see what the community has, let's see what the community needs. Right. For me as an individual, where I live, learn, work, or play, what are the needs? Let's get my eyes off myself for a minute and let's look at the needs of other people. And then you got to take some inventory of yourself. Like, mm-hmm. what, what breaks my heart? Right. What what's my holy discontent? Yep. What's the thing that like must be done? And now let's look for some overlap. And hopefully mm-hmm. there is. But at the end of the day, if there's not any overlap, if you really want to make a difference, what needs to get done? Go find go find a way to help mm-hmm. you know to get it done. And mm-hmm. usually, if you're doing the right thing, there's going to be some other people that are going to come along uh, with you. And so when you say you know for me, what's changed? Uh, you know, I, I usually see uh, over the last you know I have twins that are 14 mm-hmm. years old and then I have uh, another guy who a little guy is 12 and so for me what's changed is like I'm not I spend a good amount of time with my kids I go where my kids go or yeah. they go where I take them but I, where, <laughs> <laughs> but I need to be where they are and so for me it's just been different things so whether it's their school yeah. and I'm involved in school okay well then I'm going to go and try to find ways to serve in the school yeah. whether it's the sports that they're interested in okay that's what you're going to do okay how can I go and add value uh-huh. in wherever I am uh-huh. and I think a lot of times we make impact and making a difference and serving like this big diff- difficult thing when really it's, it's just not. it's not it's just where are you yeah. a, a friend of mine chris marlowe he wrote a, a, a book one time and it was called um uh doing good is simple mm. and the idea was wherever you are yeah let's do some good let's there. do some good there so that's yeah. good that's good so, so my, chris, my what about thing, you yeah. you actually mentioned gentrification earlier in your community and you said I forgot what you said. You said we do it with justice. With justice, with justice talk about man. that. So, talk about that. And so you don't get mad at gentrification, right? If yeah. it comes as an economic thing, people try to make it out of something else. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into that. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna say it a little bit. Yeah. They try to make they try to make it out of a racist thing. Right. It's economics, right? It is. And it comes, and, and people, some people suffer because of because of lack of knowledge of what's coming down, mm-hmm. what's coming to them. If we look at it that way, or lack of ownership, right? Lack of lack of yeah. ownership. But most neighborhoods that you go in. 
um, that are being gentrified, the people that are there, lack of ownership, it's, most of those are 70 to 80% renters in anyway, right. right? Right. And so what, how we do the justice, we did this. We went in and found people that lived there that didn't want to move out of their neighborhood, but their housing was kind of falling apart, right? We went in and helped those people to make their houses better that they could stay in that neighborhood. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, there are some people that don't have ownership and there's a reason why they don't have ownership and some of them need to get out of the neighborhood. Right. Let's be honest. Right. And so we call that with justice. Those right. of them that need to stay, we're gonna right. help them help stay. stay. Those of them that, yeah. that need to get out, <laughs> I'm gonna help you get out, yeah. right? Because I want the neighborhood better, right. right? And so it's about working in your area of influence, right? And so anybody can do that, right? Yeah. Just like you said, yeah. anybody, it's easy. So you think about what's around you. What, what's around you that needs to be done? Yeah. And not just brick and mortar or grass. What's around in a person's life, in people's lives, that they're missing, that you have to state in your life. You, you, you probably can't meet every need, but how can I help? How can I help my neighbors? How can I impact my neighborhood? And you always want to be thinking like that if you want to be a good neighbor, yeah. if you want to make a difference, if you want to live by purpose, right? And so if you're doing that, then you find out how can I help my people? And then you figure out what those gaps are, and you begin to fill those gaps the best you can. Now here's what's interesting. I just I just noticed this from Brooklyn. Yeah. You actually didn't grow up in Garner. No. Most people on the surface would think you grew up in Garner yeah. because you're so invested. Yeah. Most people would think you Southeast Raleigh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we have a lot of people in the triangle. I'm one of them. Right. Transplant from somewhere yeah. else, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah. But you guys are deeply vested in the communities that you mm -hmm. live in. Yes, sir. Yeah. What made you get so deeply invested in the place you live? that it's almost synonymous, like the two, I, I don't think, if I'm in Garner, yeah. I'm sending you a text message. <laughs> like, right, yeah. I'm over by your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Southeast Raleigh, I'm thinking about Pastor Chris right. and shit. Yeah. Like, what made y'all say, even though this is not where I'm from, this is where I'm gonna invest? Right. I mean, I, I think for me, <clears throat> I, I mentioned this to you, I knew what made a difference in my life. Yeah. And that it was so impacted by individuals that just said, I'm going to invest mm -hmm. where I am. It, it's, it's really just a part of, I guess, really of who I am. I mean, at the end of the day, but I know what brings me hope. I know what brings me purpose. And you get a little taste of that, though. And you're like, oh, okay. I want some more. Now. That's what I was made for. That's what I was made for. The world doesn't have to be this way. And the truth is, it's, it's a lot more fulfilling than just watching out for yourself, mm -hmm. exactly. it, you know, when you have an opportunity to invest in other people. And so for me, it's just grow where you're planted. Mm -hmm. You know, if this is where God's placed me, then I'm going to invest where I am and I'm going to see what doors open up. Yes, sir. And you turn around and that's where you are. And I think too, because we both are purpose driven, Yeah. right? I don't, I don't just do something to be doing it, mm -hmm. right? I, I want to do something that makes a difference in somebody's life. And then it comes from no matter where you are, where you're from, loving people. Yeah. Right? If you if you love people and say you love people, then it'll show you want to do something with people. When you see hurting people, yeah. you don't want to see them hurting. Something in you says, what can I do about that? You don't just pass people by and don't see them. And I think that's a lot of what people do. You know, even, you know, they, they'll pass people by and they're like, I don't see them. Right? We don't do that. Yeah. I, it's no, we're nobody special, right. but, but it's just, I just can't do that. Right? If I see somebody and I see them, there's something missing in their lives. If I can do something about it, I want to. Yeah. That's fulfilling a purpose, and the purpose is not always just in my life. It may be in somebody else's life, man. Yeah. You know, I, I do something in your life that yeah. brings about change. You ain't got to say nothing else back to me, come to me and say he did. No, 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 no. I, it it impacts your life that you're doing better, and I may not see you again until we get to glory, because yeah. that's yeah. the end result, <laughs> yeah. right? But I'm happy about it. Yeah. yeah. What about how important has as you guys have done this work? Um, 
some of the challenges that you all face? Like, what are some of those, like, obstacles that you feel like, man, this was, this made this a little bit harder than what it really needed to be? Mm. All right. I, I, let, me, let me go first on this. Go ahead, yeah, jump on it. Um, what makes it hard is me. Mm. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, you get, you get wore out, you know, sometimes you get tired. And the truth of the matter is we're human. Right. Sometimes you don't want to, mm. right? So you don't, you, know, you, you might say, when you ask that question, you think people say money, this, that, another no. I'll be honest, I put myself in a circle. Sometimes it's me. Mm. Sometimes I get in my own way. People say, well, Pastor Chris, you're always doing this, you're always doing this. But Pastor Chris don't always want to do those right. things. That's the misconception. Well, what we do is this. Sometimes I'm in Target and I just pull my hat <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you know, and sometimes. You said, I, I want to sleep in a couple of days, right, right? Right. It's easy for me to say, you know, sometimes finance, we need people to do yeah. that, buildings. And I guess people know those things, right? That yeah. is a hard thing. So, so it is easy to do. But sometimes you got to get you out the way to do them. That's and that's, I think that's what we need that's to good. say to, to people that we want them to impact in the right. area. You may be your biggest hurdle, yeah. right? Get out, get out of your own way. You know, and sometimes I do as much as people say we do. You know, we don't, but we do. Sometimes we're getting our own way and, and we don't want to, but yeah. Yeah, I, I would say, I'll go along the same lines. And I, I would say either a lack of self-belief, mm. a, yeah. a lack mm. that we actually can make a difference. Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, that we, we can get in this negative self-talk. Man, if somebody could do that, maybe I should. Ah, I could never really make that kind of impact yeah. instead of taking that first step. And sometimes yeah. we get in our own head or we get in our own feelings and think, well, I could never make that kind of impact. And so I, I'm going to land the same place. Yeah. I think we, we've got to get past that and think, yeah, but what if I could? Right. And what would happen if I was the one that took the first step? That's good. That's good. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. If this content was valuable for you, don't forget, like, subscribe, share. You never know how important it could be to bring a little hope into someone else's life. Uh, there's even a place here for you to comment. We would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Until next time, let's keep sharing hope.